This is Photo Biz X, episode number 448, and today we are talking portrait photography, commercial photography in the way of headshot and personal branding photography, and why you need to go high-end with your business or get ready to fail. Our special guest is none other than Megan DePiro, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This one I am super excited to bring to you. I know it is going to challenge the way you think. It certainly got me thinking and throwing some personal questions at Megan throughout the interview with you in mind as I was asking them and I am 100% certain you are going to come away from this interview with not only a ton of takeaways but a whole new outlook on the way you see your business and where you can potentially take it into the future. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Now, following on from this interview with Megan today, I think you would be crazy, crazy to miss out on the workshop that's happening this week with photography business coach Jeff Brown. It's going to be focused on your photography business goal setting for 2022. And once you hear the interview with Megan today, your head will be spinning. Come along to the workshop later this week and get a clear idea on how you can execute the goals that you set after listening to the interview today. Now, there's more information about the workshop in the show notes for today's episode. I've also emailed you a couple of times. I'll send another email this week. But be assured, this is a hands-on workshop with Jeff. You're actually going to be taking notes, doing work throughout the presentation. You're going to be setting your big goals for the year. You're going to learn how and why you need to reach out weekly for opportunity and you'll understand exactly why you need to be doing that once you hear this interview with Megan as well. We're going to focus on consistency with a roadmap and a strategy to actually implement the things you set out to achieve your goals this year. So again, more details in the show notes. The the training, if you're wondering about the cost, there is no cost. I'm trying something brand new with this one. All I want you to do is turn up and do the training. I want to see you succeed and grow your business more than you ever have in 2022. So come along and do the training and simply pay what you feel it was worth after the training. It could be nothing. It could be $100. It could be $1,000. But I don't want you to have an excuse to miss the training. It's via Zoom. It's set at a time that should work for you no matter where you are in the world. And I can't wait to see you there. If you missed last week's interview with Mike Zawodski, make sure you get back and check that one out and please have a look at his website. It is absolutely fantastic. We talk a lot about it in the interview. It does most of his heavy lifting in regards to lead conversion. So he runs campaigns, different campaigns around the place, whether that's online, social media, email, all with a focus of getting people back to his website where you get a real sense of his personality, what his photography business is all about. And not only that, we talk about how he's grown his business fantastically well by utilizing associate shooters, even though it's his name on the banner, on the shingle for the business. Lots of takeaways in that interview with Mike Zawodski from last week. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. There's a good chance you either know of or know today's guest. She has a thriving Facebook group where she helps photographers increase their sales and grow their businesses. 
She's a coach and mentor with a ton of experience and runs on the board. And now she's the author of a brand new book called She Sells, The Empathy Advantage, How to Increase Profits and Give Clients What They Really Want. In addition to all that, and importantly, she's also a working and very successful photographer. And when I was contacted for this interview by her husband, Eric, I asked if she is still shooting today. And he replied, still shooting a couple of times a month, but we've brought on a partner to run the photography business full time. For what it's worth, the photography business is over 500k in revenue for 2021. I'm talking about the incredible Megan DePiro, and I'm wrapped to have her here with us now. Megan, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look, it's my pleasure. When you hear the number 500k, does that just feel normal to you these days or does it still like, wow? It feels normal. It really does. We're actually going to certainly hit 600,000 this year. We're right now one month to go in at 550. So we're good. And you know, what happens is you just sort of normalize that. And the more you talk about it, the more it becomes real. So I just set that as my benchmark for myself, for our studio, and also for all my photographers who are students of mine. We just say our goal is for studios to hit half a million in sales. And then even one step better, half a million in sales, only working four days a week. That's even better. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What about when you, I mean, maybe not when you started your business, but maybe a year or two in or even three or four years in, if I had have said that, you know, in 2021, you're going to turn over $500,000. What would you have thought then? Oh, yeah, that would have been insane back then for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So when I started, I didn't understand any of these numbers. You know, it was astronomical to me to think about, but I had to put my numbers on paper and say, look, this is what success looks like. And so we decided for our family that if I were to be the breadwinner, we want to be at 150,000 income. And then keeping 50% net, that means we really need to be at 300,000 in revenue. So as I was thinking about that number, it definitely seemed impossible, but you know, it just had to happen. That was it. I just said, if this is what success equals, then this is what I must get. And so I just, I love this phrase, just do it scared. You know, it wasn't about, it wasn't about, I wasn't going to find comfort in those numbers. I just had to do it scared and go for it. And then what happens is as you have success, you realize more and more of what's possible. And the goalpost just moves as you see, oh, I can beat that goal. I can hit a new goal. And then each year we just keep increasing. Unreal, unreal. So back then, you know, when you put that figure down, 300,000, what was your thinking at the time? Was it, I need to get more clients, I need to charge more, I need to change my products? Like, What was the thinking to get to that number back then? I wasn't so afraid of the sales part of things because I had been running my business part-time up until then. I was a stay-at-home mom and I had you know, 15 hours a week, thanks to weekends and evenings and 1am and, you know, all that stuff that people do when they're trying to fit things in. But I was having sales as high as $5,000 and my average was 2,500. So I knew it was possible. I said, here's proof of concept. This can work. So really my big focus was, I know I can hit the sale. I just need more people like this. And since I personally didn't know anybody who was going to be my ideal client, I mean, I lucked into the handful that I had prior because I did have a circle of friends that helped me connect. But at some point, you just run out of that low-hanging fruit. So I said, okay, I need to now find new people. And that meant meeting strangers. 
And so as I describe in the book, I say the whole cycle is just you take strangers, you turn them into friends, you take friends, you turn them into clients by inviting them in for a session. And then once you have those clients, they refer their friends. So now you have this whole new cycle of strangers to friends, friends to clients over and over, and your reach just broadens in the community. Nice, nice. Is there a point though where it takes more than just more clients? Like the photographer listening, they have to have a price list that supports you know, the income they want to generate, don't they? Yeah, I always say start with sales before you even reach out to the first person. You have to know what are you reaching for in terms of sales? Because if I had set my goals trying to hit $1,000 or even worse, $500 or even worse, $250, which is where I started. I started a shoot and burn. And when people just react with their instinct and they let their emotion guide their progress, you will not hit your goals. It has to be based on numbers. It has to be black and white. Take emotion out of it and just say, this is what success looks like. Here it is. And I'm going for it. So having the numbers as my proof, that was really what I needed. And it is easy to sit in fear and to say, I can't, I can't. But you know, you have to, because if you cannot reach what your goal is, then be a hobbyist, right? No shame in that. It's a wonderful thing to enjoy photography as a passion. But if you say being a professional means hitting this goal, then you must reach for that goal. For sure. For sure. Okay, I want to dive into the contents of the book in just a minute. But first of all, why write the book? Like you have a, a super successful business. You have a, a fantastic coaching business as well. Why write a book? You know, I was frustrated because I'm this kind of person self-taught with everything. And when I was... 17, I realized college is not for me. So I went straight into the sales force. And as someone who loves learning, I started picking up book after book after book. And I've read just about any business book you can name. And the, my frustration came in that I saw that all the best sellers were coming from this very masculine point of view. And there were so many guys with this whole attitude of, you know, swim with the sharks and seller be sold. And it's just a very like, I win, you lose. And I didn't feel the partnership in that. So I said, there's space at the table to have a softer approach. And there's a way that we can build relationships that feel good for me, feel rewarding for my client. And so to me, no money is worth it if we don't both win together. It can't just be about I win, you lose. It's got to be we're coming together. And this is where I came up with the idea on your side selling. I really want to be on the same side of the table as my client. And I really want to bring them together to the reward. Nice. So why not just teach that in the form of another course, you know, or ah. coaching, like write, write the book. Well, I was just thinking about who would be the me of today. Who's that 17 year old who needs to know, or who's that stay at home mom who's thinking about building her business or who's the person who wants to quit their teaching job and take this profession seriously. And I thought, you know, if they're anything like me, they're probably picking up a business book. And in this day, we have so many educators. There's so much talent in the education space. But the challenge becomes, how do you find the person that resonates with you? So with a book, you can just pick it up and read a couple chapters. And if it rings true, great. And if it doesn't, you set it down and you get the next book. So I just wanted to have a way to reach more people and spread this message and 
Honestly, I wouldn't be sad if it became a, a bestseller on the New York Times list. I would love for more people to see this, not just photographers, but creative entrepreneurs of all kinds who want to run their business well and don't know that there's a way to run it in an empathetic way that doesn't have to be so me versus you. For sure. When I started reading the book, I thought this is going to be very female orientated. And I think it even started that way. I'm thinking, well, could I really do what Megan's doing and talking about in the, in the stories that she's sharing? But then we got into what I felt like that was a part that really resonated with me was the formulas and how to get to actually where I want to get to. So did you write this with the female photographer in mind? I definitely did. And that's because I'm a woman, obviously. And my mission is to help women become breadwinners. That's really a driving principle of mine. And so I was writing it for, again, thinking of someone like me who would need this as a pick-me-up and as a strategy. But then, you know, I also know that my clients are women from a portrait point of view, women are the ones buying. And also we're seeing this groundswell of women who are joining the industry now too. You know, you can go to a conference and if you look at, there's almost like a year where you can start to see everyone who was in business from this year and backwards is a guy. Everyone in the business from this year and forwards is a woman. So I did think that there's a lot of women who are joining the industry and they need this information, but it certainly is universal. So when I named it, she sells, I was thinking, well, you can interpret that as she sells, meaning Megan sells, or you can interpret that more personally for yourself. But it really is my goal to lift up women and guys can certainly take this as a step as well. And many of them do. And if you resonate with the idea of relationships and mutual reward, it's going to be great for you. Cool. Uh, Let's dive into that. And I want to ask you too, from the male perspective, like, is this doable from the male photographers too? Like everything that you share in here? Yeah. And that's another cool thing too. Culturally, we're seeing that there's a shift where that didn't exist in my parents' generation. You know, my father-in-law was an inspiration to me as an entrepreneur. He was one of the few entrepreneurs that I had ties to in my family And the way he run his business is different from the way I run my business. But now we see that people are coming up and they're welcoming the idea of a softer approach. So it doesn't even have to be man versus woman. It's really just personality. What do you resonate with? What sounds true to you? And so gender aside, that's why I say pick up the book, see if it works for you, and then you're good to go. Cool. If I was to surmise the book, would this be fair? Is you're saying that the the mid-market, the middle market is dead. Dead. And if we want to succeed as a photographer today, we need to go high end. Like that is the only way to really have a, a profitable, successful business. Is that fair? Yes. One of my favorite things with business books is I love it when studies are presented, psychological studies, economic studies. So I really wanted to bring in the heart, but also the data. So I look at, I see, here's what we see. When you look around, If you go to your mall in your city right now, you're going to see a ghost town. There's just this retail apocalypse going on. And that's an indicator that not just in our industry of photography, but in all industries, the middle market does not exist like it did when we were kids. And now people either want it cheap, Amazon, Walmart, or they want it luxury, Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, so you have to find where your place is. And then what I present is that If you think, well, I can be value or I can be luxury, which one now? If you look at value, we don't have good role models in that lane either, because looking at value, we think of Sears Portrait Studio and Portrait Innovations and these giant mega companies 
are not able to succeed. So I feel like if they, with all their resources, can't make the value end of things work, then how can I, as a one-man show, do it? And therefore, I just ended up choosing luxury. I'm like, luxury is a way to thrive. That is the place where I can really pull out the stops. I have resources of time. I have resources of better product, more assistance. I can pull permits if I need to shoot at a certain place. I can get a makeup artist on my side. I have now all the resources and tools to spoil my client. And she's going to be grateful for that too. So now I can shine and really pull her in and she will pay. And then another part of the book is talking about how when we pay more, we're actually delighted to pay more. There's something so wonderful about spending big that when you put big dollars on the line, you value and cherish something more than if it was just an easy spend for you. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's nice to spend money when you have it and you value the thing you're buying. Yes. It is nice to spend money on sales. Are you talking to a particular kind of photographer? Are you talking to portrait photographers only or does this apply to wedding, portrait, headshot, branding photographers? Oh, it certainly applies to wedding as well. So I'm very well known as a headshot photographer in my community, but I shoot all genres. To give you an example of how amazing this can be, you know, we've had branding shoots this year that were 23,000. I had a wedding shoot that was 18,000. I had a family shoot that was 34,000. So those are outliers on the high end, but it's very exciting that no matter what genre you have, you can create really big and exciting sales that again, your client is grateful for. We started this 10K club because the education I was sharing was helping people reach these record-breaking sales. I didn't even expect it. I did not think that this stuff was going to be put in action and that people were going to just knock it out of the park with $10,000 plus sales. But sure enough, they've proven it in every market with every kind of genre, men and women, and people are just surprising themselves. And the exciting part too, is that it's not just about serving rich people. I definitely want to make that clear. And one of the tests I do when I talk to photographers is I say, pop quiz, how much gear is in your camera bag? What have you spent on that? And most everyone says at least $5,000. And many people have said, oh, 10,000, 20,000. So we are spending on ourselves. And why do we do that? Because we say, I value this. So all you really need to have that luxury client, or if luxury feels too scary to say, call it a full service client. All you need is a person who values what you're offering and they can come from any walk of life. Sure. But if I use that analogy or that example and I look in my camera bag and I see ten dollars or $15,000 worth of equipment in there, don't I justify that to myself and to my wife, Linda, by saying, well, that's to make money. It's for business. That's why I can justify it. Yes. Isn't that different? But everyone has their story. And that's why we say, sell me my identity. What is it that's special to you? So you, like me, we love business, you know? So we're going to resonate with the idea that, I'm going to spend money on my business because business is valuable to me. But people have different values. Some people might say, I value showing my friends that family is my priority. So I want portraits on the wall of my kids. That's my story. And that's how I prove to the world that my family matters to me. Other people might say, I value my spouse. So the greatest thing I can do is have, we call it like a portrait date, having a date with your spouse capturing your love, that matters to people. So whatever it is, whatever is that story they're telling, they're going to say, this matters because, and your job is to just find what that need is and then prove it to them and give them that value. 
Sure. I'm 100% with you here because I'm just thinking as you're, you know, giving those examples, nearly all of my friends have 10 to $20,000 bicycles. But, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you explain that? <laughs> it's important to us. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. Everybody has their thing. And sometimes, like, I would laugh at that. I can't imagine a $10,000 bicycle, but I probably have $10,000 of dresses because that matters to me. You know, another thing is most people can point to a wedding ring that was expensive. I don't value jewelry. I don't pay for that. So everybody is going to find their thing. And that's why you don't have to be for everyone. You just have to be for the people who want what you're offering. Got it. Okay. So before we dive deeper in, into the book and what you believe and teach, when I do these interviews with successful photographers, particularly those that are going well, they're, you know, they've got great clients, they're getting big sales, let's say three, four, five thousand $5,000 sales, not even 10000 three, four, five. I get lots of photographers from the UK, particularly, uh, not so much London, but the UK in general. Uh, Canadians, some Australians are saying, look, we love hearing those interviews, but it's just totally unrealistic. Like my clients do not have that much money to spend on photography. You know, you've got to get some more realistic interviews going on. <laughs> yeah, realistic. <laughs> Be real. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. So to that, I say hashtag yes in my market. That is something that I love saying in the group. And it's like, yes, in my market, yes, in my market. If you can say that and you can see an example of someone who's shining, you can no longer tell yourself that myth. So we now have several 10K club members abroad in Europe. We have Germany, Switzerland, Netherlands, UK. We have Australia. We have many in both, I say both parts. You know how Canada is just really populated in the East and West. Sorry, Canada, you're populated everywhere, but we have many Canadians who are 10K club. So, and then even on the state, I am right now on my desktop, I have a map where 40 states are represented. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the next three months, we fill in the entire map. So really it's, there's no market now that we haven't seen where success is possible. And then, you know, if you don't see it, then I would just challenge people to say, be the first. You know, when I started, I was, uh, like I said, one of my big things is headshots. That's what I'm known for. And when I look at headshots in my market, the going rate in Southwest Florida is that folks were charging between $49 to $249 for all images. And then I came in and I'm like, I'm going to charge $250 for one image. Why? Because that's what I have to charge because success means I have to have a $3,000 average sale. So I just went for that. And then before long, I was the person doing it and no one in my area was doing it. And I said, you know what? If no one's doing it, watch me. I'm going to go do it. So anyone who has that fear, either find the inspiration, find the community that will tell you yes in my market. And if you can't find that, put it as a challenge to yourself. How are you going to be the role model for your friends? So in your experience, what do you think it is that's holding those photographers back then? Because I mean, you can come out and let's say preach yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's possible. Do you think, and I'm putting myself here, let's say, because I'm not high end. I wasn't high end with my weddings. I'm not doing so many now, but I think I was comfortable. I don't think I wanted to be high end because I was comfortable in, you know, upper middle, upper middle price range in my area. Yeah. Like, is that my issue or is it, do I have to get out of my comfort zone or should I just stay here in the middle lane? Yeah. Well, there was a time where the mid-market did work. And I think that time was 15 years ago. So I don't know about your business, Andrew, but I know some colleagues 
who they've been in business 15 years or more. And if they had a mid-market brand all that time, they've now amassed such a following that they can continue at that mid-market because they have 15 years of track record pulling them along. But for those of us who are coming in new and fresh, like my business started 11 years ago, I didn't have that opportunity because the mid-market was already dying at that time. And it is, even when I started, I was like, the mid-market is dying. The mid-market is dying. And now I'm like, the mid-market is dead. And if you happen to be just clinging by your fingernails and your mid-market, your days are numbered. So you can stay there, but you're going to see a shrinking of your clientele. And what happens is your clientele now has so much opportunity because they could choose from a thousand shoot and burners. Like everyone tells me their market is saturated. Of course it is. Shoot and burners are everywhere. This is real. So they could choose from a thousand shoot and burners or they could choose from six luxury pros. So why would they choose you in the middle? You can't give them the resources they want to have an extraordinary experience. You can't lavish time upon them because you got to get to your next client and yet you can't give them a deal either. So I think that the mid-market is a very challenging place to be. And I would say to people, you are going to have an easier time, not a harder time when you raise your prices. Got it. Okay. So the mid-market, it still exists. It's just, it's so competitive. So there's, there's people still willing to spend that money, yes. that middle market money, but it's just so competitive. It doesn't make sense business-wise to stay there. Yes, because you're competing with literally 100% of photographers because the client who's looking at you is also considering luxury and wondering how much, if this matters to them, do they go that direction? And they're also certainly considering all the shoot and burn opportunity too. And this is going to be a client who might end up saying, it's like, I think of it like this. If you go into Target, you know, and do y'all have Target in Australia? Is this just an American thing? Everyone's got Target, right? We do, we do. (laughs) Okay. So you go into Target and you're going to see their shirts that are like $39 and under. Now, if all of a sudden Target had a $100 shirt, you would be like, what the heck, Target? And what would actually happen is you'd be surprised, but you would also be angry. Like you would feel like, what the heck, Target? You would be mad at that price point because it doesn't belong. And it feels wrong that it's so much more expensive. Now, meanwhile, if you go into Saks Fifth Avenue, you're going to find that many of the outfits there, shirts are priced at $400, $700, $1,000. So again, that $100 shirt there, you're going to be like, what the heck, Saks? Like, why is this here? Like, is this bad quality? What's going on? And you're going to start to question if it's what you want because it's out of the range of the other products. So we don't want to be in the middle because it makes people question that we're not going to be able to provide at the level they want. Either they want the deal or they want the experience. Right. So let's say I'm in the middle market and I want to go luxury. Don't I need to keep that $100 t-shirt as a way for people to think, okay, I can still afford Andrew, even though he's got these $4,000 or $10,000 packages now? No, because it's kind of like what you could do is just take that Band-Aid off, go big or go home, and you're not really going to even be worrying about price. Because what happens is when you can take the time to work with that client, and I'm going to call it a full service client instead of using the word luxury. But if the client craves full service, your goal is to uncover why do they need this service? What are their pain points? What are their insecurities? What are the problems they need solved? Your job is to draw that out of them. And what I say constantly is that money is only an issue in the absence of value. So I'm not even going to be talking about the $100 t-shirt. I'm not going to talk about any price points. I'm going to talk about what matters to you. Why are you doing this now? 
What was your experience in the past? How can we make this better? And then I'm going to provide my solutions based on what she says. So when we reveal a pain point or a problem, and then we provide the solution to that problem, our client no longer cares about the price because they're telling themselves, this is the answer I need and I will pay for it because I want this solution. Got it. I mean, we hear the term pain point and especially in marketing as in in internet marketing, we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. But as a photographer, like I'm sure there's listeners thinking, what's a pain point for my clients? Like, have you got an example? Sure. So let's say that you have a headshot client because that's something that many of us have photographed before. So if I get my client on the phone, I'm going to be like, okay, so tell me about when was the last time you did headshots? And they'll say, oh, you know, I did it two years ago. What was that experience like? You know, honestly, I don't even use those photos. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Yeah, I don't use those photos because, you know, I didn't know what to do. I felt like a big goof, like no one told me what to do with my hands. And I feel like my expression was so weird. And, you know, I've got these photos, but I don't even want to use them because they don't look like me. And I'm like, huh, okay. so let me ask you, would it have helped if your photographer was able to guide your poses and direct your expressions? Yeah, that would have helped a lot. Well, tell me what else was going on. How else do you feel about the photos? Well, you know what? I think I also have this problem that I always pick the wrong clothes because like, I swear I do not look heavy in person, but on camera, I don't like how I look. And I'm like, ah, well, do you find that maybe your clothing was kind of fighting what you were looking to do? And she's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. So what I do is I'm going to come to your home and we're going to pick out your clothes for you. Would that be helpful to you? This way, I'm going to come and we're going to look at what's going to be flattering on you. What colors, what silhouettes, what's going to create the vibe that you want for your shoot? So if I come to you and solve that for you, would that make you more confident at the shoot day? Yes, that would be amazing. So I'm just looking for what was the problem. And then as soon as it's like I uncover the problem and then I hint at the solution and then I can go again back to the problem, back to the solution. So as we're going through, by the time we get to price, she's not looking at anyone else because who else is solving those problems for her? I love that. But would you really, Megan, go to someone's home before the session to help pick out their outfits? 100%. All my clients. Really? And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is the value of being in that luxury lane. I can spoil my clients. Like, check this out. This might like shock people or excite people. I don't know. But we only photograph eight shoots a month and we do $50,000 months. So eight shoots a month, you have time. You can go to your client. And the biggest problem, if you ask any family photographer, any headshot photographer, They're going to tell you their client's biggest stressor is what are we going to wear? So going to their home and solving that problem puts you just leaps and bounds above everyone else. I've been on your website. I've got no idea about pricing when I'm on your website. When do I find out I'm going to be spending three, four, five thousand dollars? So I do this process that I call tell them what lot they're on. So you think of it like this. Let's say you're going to go buy a car and I did sell cars in a past life. So I know all about this stuff. (laughs) So you're going to go buy a car. You have $35,000 to spend. That's what you've determined is your budget. Well, we all know that we typically stretch budgets once we go shopping. So if I've got 35,000, I can go to a Kia lot and on a Kia lot, I know that cars are going to be from 10,000 to 40,000. So cool. I can fit on that lot. And the good news is if I go with the key a lot, I'm going to be able to buy at the top of the line. 
But meanwhile, I might be saying, you know what? Yeah, I could get a top of the line Kia, but hmm, could I get a luxury car with my budget? So then you look at the Lexus lot and you're like, okay, Lexus, different story. That lot, you're going to find cars from 30,000 to 100,000. So you're like, okay, with my 35,000, I can fit on this lot, but I'm probably going to want to stretch it because I maybe don't want the base model. I want a little bit something extra. And then the third lot is you're like, okay, what about Rolls Royce? It's 100,000 to 400,000. Heck no, not even going to step on that lot. (laughs) So my point with my range is that at the end of the phone call, I want to paint for my clients a range. And I do this for them in a storytelling approach. So I'm not just going to say you're going to spend X dollars to X dollars. Instead, I'm going to say you might spend this and get this, or you might spend this, 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 and get this, 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 this. So I'm telling them what is possible, what lot they're on. And honestly, I am not Rolls Royce. I'm not out of touch luxury. I'm accessible luxury. That's what my portrait brand offers. So we have plenty of middle-class clients that will stretch to be on this lot. But in fairness, I have to give them a realistic expectation of what they might spend. And that lot just tells them, I belong here. I can do this. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. So we don't need to have pricing or starting out pricing on our website, nope. but we need to have a conversation. We've got to get the phone to ring or the email to, to go off. Yes. And you can look at other, I always like to look outside our industry. I don't like to look within because I feel like a lot of inside our industry is echo chambers. I want to really look outside and see what's happening in the world of luxury. So if you look at like one of my favorite luxury brands is California Closets. And this is a perfect example of a custom luxury service provider. So if you go to California Closets website, you would have to spend a lot of digging time to find where they have prices. It's in there, but you're going to be several menus deep to find it. (laughs) So what they're really doing, what they're presenting up front is they're saying the most obvious button is schedule a consultation. Because how can they tell you what you're going to spend? Are we creating a $10,000 closet? Are we creating a $5,000 closet? Are we creating a $40,000 closet? They don't know until they have a conversation with you. And that's the same with portrait photography. Realistically, my clients spend anywhere from $400 to $40,000. So if I had that on my website, that doesn't help anyone. That's super confusing. And it doesn't give any kind of reality check for people. But if I'm on the phone with you and I'm starting to uncover your needs, I might say, okay, so you might spend, and then one range might be 3,000 to 20,000. Another person might spend 1,000 to 6,000. So I can predict that a little better once I know what it is we're creating. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think as the photographer would be thinking, a lot of them are saying now, especially younger photographers is people don't want to talk on the phone. Like, how do we even have this conversation? If someone texts me, I want to text back. If someone PMs me, I want to PM or DM them back. It sounds like you need to get your clients on the phone if you're a full service brand. Yes. And what we need to think of is that we don't want to get on the phone when it's a commodity purchase. So that's the value lane stuff. I don't need to call Amazon to figure out how much my Roomba costs. You know, like (laughs) I don't need a conversation for that. But if I'm going to create something custom, then honestly, it's not even going to be an inconvenience. It's going to be something you crave. When you want something extraordinary, you want that attention. And so meanwhile, in my Facebook group, for example, where we have 16,000 photographers, 
I recently threw it out there. I said, Hey guys, I'll do phone calls and help you with your business. And within 30 minutes, 175 time slots were gone. And guess what? There were plenty of millennials on those phone calls. So I can tell you that when people value something, And when they see how it benefits them, they will get on the phone and nobody griped about getting on the phone. They signed up thrilled to talk about what matters to them. And this is the same for our clients. I have plenty of young entrepreneurs who need headshots. I have plenty of moms who are starting their families. I have plenty of high school teenagers who want to do their senior shoot. And these young people are interested in what they love. So they want to share what their vision is and they love it when someone draws them out. Because when we give people the stage, it makes them feel honored and happy to discuss. So it's in the photographer's heads. Yes, totally in your head, (laughs) totally in your head. So stop listening to all your friends who say no one wants to talk on the phone because when something matters to you, you are thrilled to talk about it. And another phrase I like to talk about is, talk about their baby, get them to talk about their baby. So I think back to when I was pregnant, heaven help anyone who asked me about my baby, because I would be like, oh my God. So we're thinking about these names and we have this color picked out and we're hoping our birth is like this and da, 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 da. Like if anyone asked me a question, it was like an avalanche of information because we love talking about our baby. We love talking about what matters to us. What if a male was to ask you those questions? Are you going to be as engaged? Yeah. So that part, I think folks need to get over it too, because, you know, there's plenty of men in service industries and, you know, I'm not even going to say it has anything to do with sexuality because I think people are going to say that too. There are empathetic listeners from different genders. There are as many women who don't care to listen with empathy as there are men who care to listen with empathy. Like it is just exactly, if you care about this, you're going to be interested in this. So I would love it if I was you know, I've had, I've had many male hairdressers. I had a male dress designer. I had a male interior designer. Like when a guy is giving his service and he says, I care about what you care about. Tell me more. You're excited to have that conversation. There's no gender barrier there. True. True. Let's get into some nuts and bolts here. Let's say I'm in the middle lane and I want to go to the full service, become a luxury brand. And I've done my figures. I've gone through your book and I know I need to make, or I want to make 300,000 We'll have that as a turnover. Yes. What is the first step? Do I have to start dressing differently? Do I have to change my price list? Do I need a new website? Like, What is the first step? So an important thing to remember is to dress to mirror your client. I think that's really important. A quick way to hijack connection is to be similar to our clients. So when I first started, I'm in a very conservative market. I'm in Southwest Florida. We have a lot of folks who are, you know, retired. They come from the Midwest. And so they are like conservative, you know? So when I started, I came from the Northeast, you know, New York, New Jersey, that's my stomping grounds. I had dyed hair, the whole thing, piercings. And then I really quickly realized I'm putting up a wall connecting with my ideal client by looking so different from them. So I did not mind changing my look. To me, it was a brand choice. And so I felt very empowered because I was making a choice that was going to help my business. But That's specific to my market and my region. Meanwhile, I went to, uh, on one of my 10K club visits with my friend in Seattle, I went to a five-star restaurant with her and I'm looking around the restaurant and I'm like, are these affluent people? Like I could not tell because everyone was in ripped jeans and they had like wild hair and tattoos everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the affluent market in Seattle. Okay, so in that market, again, 
I would have to change my current look if I were to move there and rebrand myself, because maybe I would go back to the hair dye. You know, if I dress to mirror my client, then I'm going to make them more comfortable because they're going to feel like you're like me. People like to see mirrors of themselves. And so having that connection is just a really great way to make things click with people. Okay. So using that, using that example. So if you were to move to Seattle and want to build your business, I'm not suggesting you're going to go out and get tattoos if you haven't already got them, but, you, <laughs> but you, you'd be then wearing, you know, the ripped jeans and the, you know, grow your hair differently, diet, and uh, yeah. like you wouldn't think that you could be you and still find your people in Seattle. Well, to me, it's like a creative fashion adventure. We just did a ten city road tour, and I literally tweaked my outfit for every market I went to. I had one look for New England, I had another look for Dallas, I had another look for Seattle. And it was fun to me. So it wasn't like I was repressing any part of myself. It was that I was having a fashion adventure. So I think that people have this bad idea in their mind about selling out. And I think that's a really negative concept. The way I think of it is selling up. Change that wording in your mind. Think about how you can give yourself more opportunity by looking at your target client and saying, I can serve and connect better when I look like them. Now, what if you want to draw a line in the sand and you want to say, no, I'm only going to look this way. You're still going to find clients, but you're going to put walls up in the meantime too. Mm -hmm. So if that's okay with you, proceed. I'm not here to tell people how to dress. I'm not the fashion police. I'm just here to say, this is how you can maximize business. Okay, cool. What's the next step? So I'm, I'm dressing like my clients. So I'm away, I'm away with the t-shirt. I'm wearing the collared shirt. I've got the chinos, the loafers. I'm looking like my clients. Do I need to change my portfolio and my website, my pricing? I think people spend too much time on their website. So let me give you a really quick way to do your website. Basic portfolio contact page, about page, the end. That's all you need. So when I started, I had a really basic like uh, Zenfolio type site with just a simple, simple platform. And it was very effective. And what I've found is that my best clients don't even look at my website at all. Because through the process of doing this conversation with folks, I always say, oh, so what do you think of, are there images in my portfolio you really want to create? Is there something you're really drawn to? And they're like, I don't know. I haven't looked at your portfolio. <laughs> okay. So what kind of look are you going for? Oh, just whatever you did for my friend. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes down to it, if we're going to spend thousands of dollars, we don't want to just guess at things. We want to think of who are the people we know, trust, and like. And if we don't know, trust, and like any service providers, we're going to ask our friends. We're going to say, hey, I need a referral. Who do you guys know, trust, and like? And that's who we turn to when it comes to important matters. And, you know, you absolutely know this too, because go to any photography forum and just open up a question with like, hey guys, what new Nikon should I get? We always turn to our friends. That's what we do. So then if you want to really connect with your client, what you need to do is you need to be that person they know, trust, and like. So I would skip all the web work. Don't worry about the funnels. Don't worry about a fancy newsletter campaign or even social media. If you want to get good bang for your buck, get your feet out in the community and go meet people. That's the way to build a brand that people like. Okay. Tell me what that means because this is probably the biggest hurdle. So I hear from photographers all the time that they want to put their prices up. They want to be that full service business, but their future prospective clients aren't on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. They're not their current friends. How do they get in front of those clients? 
Yeah. So I have yet to meet a market where people don't have thousands of people in their community. I mean, the smallest market I've ever seen, someone had like a town of 4,500. I'm like, listen, you only need a hundred shoots a year to make 600,000. So you're going to be okay with 4,500 people. So in any community, the mission is you need to expand the people, you know, so think about any time that you wanted to meet people, think about how did you meet your spouse? How did you meet your best friend? How did you meet your new coworkers? What you do is you go out into the community and there's all kinds of ways to tackle this. But the one I like the best is this book called The Like Switch. This is by Jack Schaefer. He's an FBI agent. And here's his job. He has to turn terrorists and spies into friends so that they can confess their dirty deeds. So we have a way, way easier job than him. We just have to get people who like photos, but he had to actually flip spies. (laughs) So the way he did it was he came up with this friendship formula. He said, the way to get people to like you is this formula, frequency, intensity, duration, and proximity. So if we break that down, here's the formula in action. If I go to a networking meeting, then I'm going to see people with frequency. I'm going to see them once a month. I'm going to have duration with them. We're going to talk together for 15 minutes or even an hour. We're going to have proximity. We're in the same room. And then also there's a value that's happening there too, because in a networking meeting, I'm giving you value by listening to your business, by referring you things, by helping your business. So what I took from that formula is this concept of serve, serve, ask. So what I want to do to meet people is I want to be that person who's giving them value. I need to have the constant points of contact with them, and I need to be on the lookout for what are their needs and how can I help their needs. And one of the best ways I can do that is by offering my talents as a photographer. And so I would invite folks in. I would say, hey, looks like your hair has changed since your last headshot. Can I give you a gift card? Come in and see what I'm doing. Let me give you a $500 value and I'll treat you to a brand new session. And then I would say, and so what you can do with that is our portraits are priced at $250 per image. So feel free to redeem two portraits with that $500 credit. Or if you're tempted to do so, you're welcome to apply it towards any of our other product line. So now that little line, if you're tempted to do so, has them given the opportunity to spend. So when I went out in the community, after I'd made connections, after I'd turned strangers into friends, I simply would approach people with this gift card. And my first year in business, I personally invited in over 100 people. 48 said yes. And I brought in $100,000 in sales. Wow. So that's how it works. It was just getting out there, making the connections and then showing people I was on their side by giving them this value and serving them in any way I could. This is amazing. Okay. Let me push you even harder here, Megan. Let's say, <laughs> let's say you and Eric decide to change your life. You're going to move to Sydney, Australia. You're moving next month. Okay. You get here. It's the start of the new year. You don't know anyone, but you still have your current website. You have all your skills. Actually, let me take you back. You've been in the middle lane, but you've just read your own book. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So do you have to, you must have to have a price list that supports you being able to get to the $300,000 turnover. Yeah, I sure did. Because, you know, if I was $500 for all images and I gave a $500 certificate, I'm dead in the water. But because I was giving them two images and giving them room to grow that sale, then I was able to make more money. So yes, pricing and sales is the first 
most important thing you can do. Like it is the crux of your entire business is to understand sales. But then yes, you do want to go out and market. So let me go to your first one because I think that's a good one. Like what if you just move? So just before you go down that road, just one second. If you're in that middle market and you want to go to the luxury market, I know you say something in your book about rip the bandaid off. So there's no middle ground here. You have to put your prices up and then find those clients. Like you have to take that risk, that leap. You do. Yeah. And don't inch up your pricing because anyone who's considering this right now, the number one thing they're fearing is they're fearing angering their clients and not just angering, but disappointing, feeling like they're ripping them off. Like this is why people with a strong empathy advantage, they feel very tied to their clients and they don't want to hurt their feelings. So that's where all the fear and emotion comes in with changing their pricing. It's because they don't want to let down their friends. So if you're considering this right now and you say, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm priced at a $500 average sale, but my clients could do a little higher. So next year I'm going to be 750 and the next year I'm going to be a thousand and the next year I'm going to be, and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be, and they're going to keep inching it up in their mind. That's how they tell themselves it's going to work. But what's really going to happen is that they're going two years from now be asking their clients for $1,000, whereas right now they're asking their clients for $500. So how do you think your clients are going to feel if they come back and they're like, why are you charging me double for the same thing? That's going to create that anger. So if I know this is going to happen, if I know there's the potential to surprise my clients in a negative way, I don't want to have this experience over and over and over again, where I keep pulling the rug out from under them. And every year I'm changing my pricing. I just want to make one clean break, clean rebrand. But now that I've done that, how do I avoid that anger? So here's what you would do. You would say to your client, uh, reach out to your best people. It's perfectly fine to lose the ones that you don't like. That's totally fine. (laughs) But let's say you have this deep relationship and it's, it's breaking your heart, the thought of letting this client go. What you do is you reach out to your client and there's three things that go into pricing. Most people think it's just your image creation, but it's not. It's the art that you offer. It's the experience that you provide. Experience meaning how great the session feels to the client. And it's the products. So if you're going to change your pricing, you can look at upping any of those three. So if your image quality is not going to change because, you know, this year looks the same as next year, you could increase the experience, make it be even more over the top, pick out those clothes for them, hire that makeup artist, get the permit for the botanical gardens instead of shooting at the local park where everyone else is, bring that experience up. In addition, you can create a higher product line. So your products could be really exquisite. So once you have this in your mind, how am I changing? What is my product and experience and how is it different than it was before? You reach out to your best clients and you say, okay, Sally, I was just thinking about you. I love your family so much and I would love to show you what I'm doing now for this year. Here's the thing. I finally have listened to my clients and I know that I can create an amazing experience for you guys. So what I'm doing now is I'm going to have hair and makeup artistry. I'm going to come to your home and pick out your clothes. I'm going to design custom art to complement your decor. And this whole rebrand is happening starting right now. And I want you to try it out with me. So can I give you a $500 certificate? No problem. If you don't want to buy a thing afterwards, that's totally fine. I just want to show you what I'm up to. But if you're tempted to do so, you're welcome to use that $500 credit and I'll open up my entire product line to you and you're going to love these new products. Would you like to move forward and try this with me? 
And now you've created a total win here because who doesn't love to be on the ground floor of a brand new and exciting business? They're going to love that you personally thought of them and that you thought of a reason why they're important to you and your brand. You're giving them a way to enter without having any risk because you're giving them, you're taking the gamble here, you're giving the value. And then you're saying, come along and try this with me. And so at the end of all this, they're going to say, yeah. And if they say no, if they just suspect this is going to be too rich for my blood, that's really not what I'm in for. Now they're letting you down easy. And it's not that you're kicking them to the curb. It's that they just decided that's not what they value. But anyone who did value you can come along. I love it. I love it, Megan. Let me push you before we finish up to the moving to Sydney part, because you're about to share something there. You get to Sydney, you don't know anyone. How are you going to start filling the books? Okay. So the good news is, guess what? You do know someone because you had your realtor who sold you your house. Maybe, you know, the new teacher at your kid's school, you've just met your next door neighbor while walking the dog. So already you have perhaps a half dozen people that you can think of. So start out by just brainstorming. Who are the people you know? And start with them. That's your low-hanging fruit. And then, like I said, give them that gift card. Let them come in with an invitation. Now, if you don't know anybody, you are just one networking meeting away from knowing people. So you can get out in the community. You can shake some hands, meet some people. And I approach marketing from this three-tiered tactic. I have my networking organizations, my business alliances, and my charity organizations, my not-for-profits, things like private schools or charities that support the community. So through those areas, I can meet people and everyone out there can meet new people too. Wow. So are you giving out vouchers you know, daily, weekly, Is it just occasionally? It would be whenever I'm underbooked. <laughs> so <laughs> if I look at a blank calendar, guess what? I'm out there meeting people and inviting people in. But the trick of it is you have to have the relationships in advance. You have to earn the right to sell to people. So don't just walk into a store and say, hey, you want to give out my gift cards? No, no one wants to be solicited to but they do want to hear from a friend who cares. So you have to take the time to make the friendship first, get to be that person that they know, trust, and like. And then once you've earned that, now you can invite them in. So you have to first spend your time putting the momentum and the connections out there, and then you can ask for it. Got it. Got it. Look, there's one more thing I want to ask you, which might lead to another one, but I want to, <laughs> I want to make sure the listener gets your book because it is amazing. Like I said, I've read through it. I wasn't expecting it to be, um, I thought it was going to be more story-centric and a bit fluffy, but you really got into the nuts and bolts. It really is amazing, Megan. Where's the best place for the listener to get it? Uh, the easiest is on Amazon. So jump on Amazon, go Megan DePiro, she sells, and you can find it there. And they can also find it from my website, MeganDePiroCoaching.com. And if you click MeganDepiroCoaching.com workshops, you will see the book is first. And then we also have a flow for how people can get connected with our other programs. Unreal. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to add links to those in the show notes so the listener can easily find all those. The book is amazing. So massive congrats to you for that. Thank you. Uh, it really is. Just to finish off, why do you think there will be so many listeners to your interview today that are in the middle lane, that want to go high end, that want to go full service, but won't? Uh, the reason is fear. It's simply fear. It's going to be cloaked in a bunch of different things. It's going to say, I can't do that yet. 
because I can't afford to connect or I can't do that yet, which is a lie because we know you can afford gear. So come on guys. <laughs> or they're going to say, I have to wait till the next year, or I have to wait six months from now, or whatever the case might be. People are going to put a bunch of different reasons, but if we just take that mask off, we're going to see it's fear. Fear is what stops us. So what you have to do is you can't wait for fear to be over before you act. You have to act through the fear. And for me, again, my crux, what did it for me was seeing those numbers in black and white and saying, this is success. This is what I have to do. And my prime motivator was that I said, I may not feel worthy myself personally. I think we all have those self-doubts as artists and creatives. But I said, you know what? If I'm going to spend time away from my family, I can do this for them. My kids at the time were three and six when I started my business. And it was very moving and heartbreaking to me that um, you'll hear this in my book. She sells this moment that I just hit rock bottom because I was driving to a client flat broke and I was missing my son's play. And I was missing his play because I was serving someone else's family instead of spending time with my own. And I said, that's unacceptable. I'm in business because I'm a provider for myself and my family. And I believe that my quality of life matters as much as my client's quality of life. So when you look at it that way, you can say, step aside fear, like this is what's happening. And I have this belief. And even though I'm scared, I'm going to take action. And what you'll find is these sales, these multi-thousand, even five-figure sales, they happen a lot easier and unexpected than you'd think. So people surprise themselves by having those big sales. And as soon as they do, the fear is gone. Got it. I think if I'm putting myself in the shoes of the photographer and thinking about my own experiences and how I would feel, my biggest fear, I think, would be that I would have no clients. If I doubled or tripled my prices, I would have no clients. Yeah. But it sounds like you're saying that's almost normal and to be expected. I just have to find my new client. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, you think double or triple is scary. I 10X'd my pricing overnight. 10X? Really? Yeah. Because on paper, I'm like, I went from shoot and burn $250. And then I said, no, that's not going to work. I have to be 2500 And so I was like, this has to change starting now. And it was literally like, one client had 250 and the next day a client spent 2500 It happened that quickly because when you allow people to spend, they will spend. And I think what we need to do to prove this to ourselves is we need to start paying attention. When do we spend? Why do we spend? How do we feel about that? And reading through the book and opening up your mind to the fact that anyone can spend, that's really eye-opening too. It's not just rich people. It's anyone who values something. And again, look to your camera bag. Look at that last vacation you had. Look at the money you're putting into your kid's private school. Whatever it is, look at it. Look at your bike, <laughs> that $10,000 bike. What is the thing that you value? And can you imagine that there's a client out there who values that much but for portraits. There definitely is that person out there. You just need to find them and be ready to serve them. I love it. The book is She Sells the Empathy Advantage. It's by Megan DePiro. Go and get it. Go and read it and yeah, change your life. Do what Megan says. It's amazing. Megan, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing what you have. Thank you, Andrew. It was great fun. 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Megan as much as I did. Megan, if you are listening, again, massive thanks for coming on, sharing everything you did. You've got me thinking about business in a whole new light. I absolutely love everything you shared today. So again, massive thanks. For you, the listener, I I know, I'm confident that there is no way you can come away from that interview without your head spinning with a ton of takeaways and ideas on how to grow your business and what you need to actually be a successful business operator in 2022. If you do have a follow-up question for Megan, I've got links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her online in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 448. I've also got examples of Megan's work in the show notes. And if you are a premium member, I'll be sure to add Megan into our members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there as well. Don't forget to go and grab her book and check out her Facebook group if you're not already a member there as well. There are links to both those in the show notes. It's shout out time. I've got two big shout outs for today's episode. The first one goes to Atlanta portrait photographer Mike Glatzer in the USA. Mike has been a premium member for a number of years now, is a fantastic photographer, has a beautiful website. And I've both seen and heard about his business growing in leaps and bounds over the past years, which is just fantastic. In his review, Mike says that Photo Biz X is hands down the best photography business podcast around, and it's one of the biggest contributors to his growth and success as a photographer. He goes on to say some other lovely things, but what I really love is what he says about the members' Facebook group. He says, it's the most helpful and ego-less community of members I've experienced, and the membership is worth every penny and then some. So, Mike, again, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that fantastic review in Google. My second big shout-out goes to Adam Gray who left a fantastic review in Apple iTunes. Adam is a pet photographer based in Kent in the UK, and this... (laughs) this is his second review for the photo biz x podcast in two weeks which is absolutely fantastic i am flattered but i also know i also understand and i am totally happy with the fact that adam is also being strategic by leaving these reviews because he knows he'll be getting a link back to his website using the keyword phrases that he's trying to rank for when he leaves a review for the photo biz x podcast it's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave those reviews. And interestingly, after I added the link to Adam's website last week, he was tracking his position via SEMrush, and that one link from the photobizx.com website took him up 93 places in Google, up to position number seven for one of his keywords that he's looking to rank for that we used as anchor text from the PhotoBizX website. So how good is that? This stuff really does work. So if you're looking for an easy way to get backlinks to your website from an authoritative site, simply leave an honest review for PhotoBizX in Apple iTunes, in Google, or wherever you listen to your podcast, let me know that you've done that. Let me know the URL that you'd like me to link to and the keyword phrase you'd like me to use as anchor text, and I'll make sure that gets done for you. So again, massive thanks to you, Mike, and again to you, Adam. Really do appreciate it. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Big thanks again to Megan DePiro for coming on and sharing everything she did. Don't forget about the goal-setting training for this year for your photography business coming up this week. There are details about it in the show notes for today's episode at photobizx.com forward slash 448. Hope to see you then. I'll be back next week with another, what I hope will be a great interview with a very, very special guest. And that one might be a day or two late because I'm heading down to Bright in Victoria 
It's part of our snowy mountains or the Victorian Alps. I'll be going down there for a cycling holiday for a week with about 30 of my cycling friends and some of their partners for a week of riding in the mountains. So yeah, there will be an episode next week. It may be a day late, but I'm going to do my best to have it out on time for you. Until then, have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 